she gets involved in this, uh, begins to feel uncomfortable, and then basically says to the man, uh, uh, you know, I broke my leg or I have cancer. I Sorry, I can't uh, meet with you virtually on such and such a date. Uh, and he's rejected, uh, or you know, by, by this young girl and uh, begins to take it out on her and wants his money back. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beneath the Law. My name's Gavin Ty. I'm here with my partner and friend, Stephen Teal. Hi, Gavin. In these podcasts, Stephen, we get to talk about all the salacious and uh, crazy uh, cases uh, that uh, come to our attention. Um, Some are more salacious and crazy than others. Um, This one that we're about to talk about today really does uh, top the salacious meter from my perspective. If there is such a thing, um, it's it's, it's uh, off the end of the uh, spectrum. Yeah, and we were we were we were joking um, uh, before we 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 got on uh, the podcast about how the world just seems to have lost its collective marbles, uh, and how people seem to be doing crazier and crazier things, and not only cr- doing crazy things, but then doubling down on them and tripling down on them and f- refusing to back off of what in any, you know, rational mind would be irrational. Well, social media is certainly uh, creating a lot of people who can facilitate people doing crazy things. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to get a little bit, uh, Gavin, here into the facts of uh, uh, this case. And this is about um, uh, a concept called sugaring or sugar dating uh, where a website is created to link up uh, generally older men uh, with younger women, sugar daddies, uh, the men, and the sugar babies, these younger women. And, you know, I guess it's uh, the new way of uh, finding love in life, or it's one of the ways that you find in life, but uh, this concept of sugaring is certainly very uh, uh, strange in that uh, essentially it links up these young women with uh, older men and the men are, I guess, obligated or they feel obligated to provide gifts or money to these uh, young women. Uh, and so it's, uh, you know, giving them financial support. And it's very strange to me. I mean, I don't have any daughters. You, you've got uh, young girls in in your life, Gavin, and I'd be really worried as a father with respect uh, uh, to this whole concept. Yeah, it's pretty, we used to call it creepy. Uh, It's pretty creepy. (laughs) Um, So let's just, let's just call it what it is. It's, it's creepy stuff. And, and the case that we're going to talk about is actually interesting because, you know, the context is, the context always matters, but uh, in this particular case, this was a Law Society of Ontario discipline decision where the sugar daddy uh, was a lawyer. And it, interestingly enough, the whole context of the financial relationship between the sugar daddy and the sugar baby was really nothing more uh, than color for what was the real issue before the tribunal. Uh, in terms of breaches of the rules of professional conduct 
uh, here in Ontario that govern all lawyers. So this is this is not a criminal case. There was nothing. There was nothing alleged here, as far as I know, uh, that the the conduct between uh, this uh, this individual and the sugar baby, so to speak, was illegal. That was not an issue. What was an issue is the frankly crazy behavior of the sugar daddy uh, following that. And maybe we can maybe I can just quickly go over a quick gloss over the facts in this particular case. As you mentioned, this case arose from this individual on this some website finding this relationship with uh, uh, you know this that is purely venal and financial at its core. Um, where the older gentleman uh, gives the younger woman money or or money's worth uh, for for I'm not going to talk about why uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, the in this particular case, what was really strange though was that this particular uh, gentleman uh, claimed to have given this young lady something like thirty thousand dollars. Uh, in various at various times. Now, what was curious was the ostensible reason for the the gifts were apparently that the young lady uh, claimed to have cancer uh, and that she needed the money because she had cancer. And he claims that that was the ostensible reason that he gave her the money. A little suspicious about that, but in any event. That's what well, they said. Yeah, so so yeah, just just to interject there. So the uh, entire relationship is uh, basically a virtual relationship. And who knows what they're doing uh, uh virtually online. Uh the man uh you know, views this relationship as being serious and that he's fallen in love with this uh young uh 18-year-old woman. And uh, she gets very uncomfortable with the direction that this whole thing is taking, and who knows why she's uh, uh, put her name forward on this uh, website to begin with. Well, uh, to get thirty thousand reasons. Well, the, the, you know, it could be a dare. Who knows? But anyway, so she gets involved in this, uh, begins to feel uncomfortable, and then basically says to the man, uh, "Uh, you know, I broke my leg, or I have cancer. I sorry, I can't uh, meet with you virtually on such and such a date." Uh, and he's rejected. Uh, or you know, by by this young girl, and uh, begins to take it out on her and wants his money back. Well, he he claims now the claim was on his part that she led him to believe she had cancer. Yes, it turns out that. She didn't have cancer; that she was lying to him, and that he felt ripped off uh, and manipulated, and so he becomes quite aggressive in seeking his money back, making all sorts of threats against her, etc., of what he's going to do, uh, and, and her parents, and her and her family, and he's gonna he's going to basically expose her um, her online activities and embarrass her unless she gives him. The money back. That leads to the sugar baby in this particular instance, these threats, retaining a lawyer. And the lawyer that says, stop, no more communication with my client. Um, and the sugar daddy is not very happy about that. He starts, regardless of the communication from the lawyer, he continues 
to communicate directly with the now represented um, young lady. And he continues to make, and, and not only does he communicate with her, a quite um, nasty comments about the lawyer who is retained. Now, just backing up for a moment on that point, that that's an important issue because there is a rule of professional conduct in Ontario that is very, very clear that when you as a lawyer are aware that a party opposite is represented by a lawyer, you cannot speak to that party anymore. You must deal through that party's lawyer. Lawyers can't just ignore the fact that a there is a client-lawyer uh, relationship on the other side. They are professionally obligated to only have all communication through the client. And if you do not do that, if you choose nonetheless to speak directly to the now client of the other lawyer, you can be brought up on discipline charges. So that was primarily one of the grounds upon which the Law Society of Ontario uh, prosecuted this individual is that he ignored his professional obligations of communicating through counsel. Right. And then there's also the other ground um, that while he was trying to get his money back and there are different facts. Uh, certainly, there is a bit of a civil case to this. There's also the Law Society Tribunal decision that he was seeking. You know, he was seeking two hundred twenty-six million dollars in damages in court. Uh, uh, that case got thrown out because he didn't start it in time, which is a kind of dry and boring uh, 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 technical legal issue. Uh, you know, but then he wanted a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand, and in seeking the amount of money. He was actually threatening uh, the young woman that he was going to take it uh, uh, to the police. And lawyers are prohibited, uh, as well by our rules of professional conduct, from threatening someone with a crime or to take uh, a matter to, to the police when you're trying to settle a, a matter. Sure. So that, that's grounds number two. Well, it might be a crime in and of itself, because if you, you cannot threaten criminal proceedings to achieve a civil remedy, um, basically threatening somebody to say that if you don't pay me, I'm, if I'm going to go to report a crime, uh, that in itself is a crime. Um, that, is, that is either obstruction uh, of justice, or it is potentially um, uh, extortion in terms of the, uh, of the victim. So that really wasn't before the Law Society panel either. But it's not only the fact that of what he uh, of what the fact that he was communicating directly with the client and the fact that he was communicating quite inappropriately with that client uh, in in terms that he shouldn't have been speaking to at all. Um, but he had some really choice things to say about the lawyer that she had retained. Some of them were quite actually humorous, and they they were so crazy. He he referred to him, I think, as the strip mall lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or the better call hey, better Saul, call Saul. <laughs> the better call Saul lawyer. I mean, he did not have a high opinion of her choice in counsel, and so that's I suppose maybe justified in his own mind uh, why he didn't have to deal through that counsel. But the law society was singularly unimpressed, unimpressed with this particular individual. No, uh, uh, for sure, and uh, you know maybe Gavin, you can take uh, you know. What happened to him at the end of the day with respect to the uh, Law Society hearing? Well, it was kind of a joke. Um, and and we, we, you know, I say that because uh, the the conduct was so, uh, in, my, in my view, so outrageous 
um, that the penalty that was uh, meted out by the law society was merely a one-month suspension from the ability to practice law. Bearing in mind that in the course of the in the course of the case, this individual was no longer practicing law at all. Um, this individual, I believe, uh, was was uh, working as an investment banker or something at this point in time. Although qualified as a lawyer, wasn't working as a lawyer. So I don't know how much he particularly cared about being suspended for a month from being a lawyer or not. But that was the ultimate penalty meted out was a one month suspension. Well, I, I think he certainly held himself out to the young lady as being a lawyer and that, uh, you know, it sounded like he could help her uh, with her ambition of uh, one day going to law school uh, and becoming a lawyer herself. And so I think his, um, certainly I, he was proud, I think, of, of being a lawyer. Um, he had a number of uh, degrees, uh, master's degree, and uh, obviously quite intelligent uh, individual to be achieving all of those um, uh, academic uh, accomplishments. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, it, what troubles me, I guess, Gavin, with respect to cases like this is uh, the use of uh, social uh, media, and and we talk about we've been talking about it here on on this podcast, even though we've only done a few. But social media seems to be, um, you know, a constant here in terms of how people, you know, really become tigers uh, over the internet or over emails and how they bully people. And you wouldn't necessarily see that if you were talking to someone face to face, or or even on the phone, um, right? And I, I, people don't don't people all uh, become far more uh, strident and aggressive. I find when they're behind a screen uh, than when they're actually speaking to somebody face to face. Well, there's a loss of perspective. Right, and and the entire interactions from a uh, social face-to-face -face, uh, encounter uh, that is lost uh, because you're just sitting, you know, wh whether in your uh, basement or wherever you are, uh, just pounding away at the keyboard and you know not reading what uh, what you're sending uh, before you hit that send button, and you know the perception at the, at the other end when it's received is like, holy smokes, what what did you just uh, send to me? Uh, but you know, uh, uh, you know, there there are other issues I think involved here with respect um, to the entire relationship. It's a very, very bizarre uh, factual scenario, um, but uh, you know, it touches upon uh, issues of uh, of uh, mental health, um, substance abuse. Uh, at the end of the day, and. I guess in terms of the penalty, the one-month penalty seems to me very low, uh, given uh, the amount of emails uh, that uh, were sent to the young lady after the lawyer got involved, the uh, very aggressive tone and, um, you know, what he said about the quality of the lawyer, uh, you know, one month sentence uh, doesn't seem to fit the, you know, fit the crime or or the emails that uh, that were being sent. And so, I guess were there the other factors were involved in terms of reducing that sentence um, uh, must have been uh, uh, with respect with respect to mental health issues or abuse issues, 
Uh, you know, did did he apologize for what he had done? He did. Uh, in terms he did of apologize, but then he he apologized, and then uh, according to the um, the case, he promptly reasserted some of the views that he held. Um, yeah, no, I think look, it's it's pretty obvious from the nature of the conduct, in my opinion, that uh, this individual had problems. I mean, they they were seriously troubled. Uh, individual, as you mentioned, very apparently very accomplished uh, person, um, academically certainly. It looks like uh, professionally as well. Was, had worked, uh, as I understand it, as I mentioned, I think as an investment banker, etc. Um, and uh, and was called to the bar. I mean, this is a person who is not is certainly highly intelligent, but clearly has emotional uh, issues. Uh, perhaps aggravated by substance abuse or not, which may have explained the behavior somewhat. I mean, it's hard to explain it any other way than the behavior was, and I don't mean to use a pejorative term, but the behavior is crazy. So in that regard, uh, you know, the only real way to describe it is that this person was obviously suffering. Um, having said all of that, so I expect were the people that they were, uh, that were subjected to this behavior. Um, and while that, you know, it is a, it is certainly a mitigating factor when people are suffering from these types of issues. And I hope that this person has sought some assistance and help, uh, to get out from under, uh, the, whatever has driven them to that type of behavior. Although I don't know that that's dealt with particularly in the decision. It, well, it, uh, my recollection of the decision is that, um, I guess he was seeking some counseling, uh, with respect uh, to the behavior because, look, it's just not normal behavior. Uh, I hope not. Well, it's. I think it's becoming know. more normal these days. I, you see, if 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 normal is, is synonymous with regular, it's certainly becoming more regular uh, from what we've seen. Well, you know, look, it's uh, you certainly see it a lot in the family law context where you've got uh, you know breakdown of marriages or. You know, people have been together uh, for a long period of time, uh, uh, separating from other uh, from one another, and there's a lot of animosity, and people are out to get, uh, you know, their former spouse, and you know, uh, they've got children, and how does that impact kids? Uh, when people, you know, I'm going to say it, go off the deep end and go out of their way. Uh, to make their former spouse uh, look bad because they, you know, obviously people um, get tremendously hurt. Uh, and it sounds like uh, from reading the facts of this, uh, of this particular case here uh, with the sugar daddy, the sugar daddy was not very sweet. No, but well, of course not. Well, it, you know, uh, if he was sweet, he got a bad cavity that, um, has uh, uh, certainly drove him uh, uh, to this kind of conduct, which, you know, it was uncalled for, uh, certainly. But, you know, when, when you get involved in a, uh, relationships, the uh, emotional train uh, just gets going and has a mind of its own and uh, goes downhill uh, pretty fast and runs everybody over that's, uh, that's in the way. Yeah, you know, one thing I will say is, you know, in legal cases, and this is no exception, uh, you mentioned in the family law uh, context, certainly in the criminal context, and certainly in the 
regulatory context, such as this one where we're dealing with professional discipline, you know, the courts and the tribunals that are dealing with these types of things, they really are looking at people on that person's worst day. This is the, you know, we're examining behavior. This, I mean, we don't, I don't know this gentleman from uh, at all. He, he may be, uh, you know, a, a lovely person most of the time. Uh, but the what they examine in court cases, um, generally speaking, is bad behavior. Bad behavior is a very common topic in court cases, and we often see people on their worst day, and they're being judged by their worst behavior at the worst time. This person obviously had issues. This person obviously was suffering from some serious problems. They had an element of obsession in respect of this particular individual that wouldn't allow them to move on. How they got involved in the relationship in the first place is, is hard to understand. Um, but at the, at the same time, you know, they did get involved in that relationship. It did lead them to this, to this um, uh, type of behavior, and it ultimately led them to a record which will be on the legal database for all eternity where their worst day is there for the world to see for all eternity. And that will be, frankly, uh, to a large extent, how this person may be remembered. Well, uh, that, that to me, Gavin, is always the key takeaway. Uh, in this day and age, uh, you know, print newspapers are, you know, although they, they still print a newspaper, it's kind of a dinosaur in terms of the way uh, people get information today. And everything is on the internet and you're uh, applying for a job uh, somewhere. People are checking what your, uh, what your uh, history is on Google. Have you been talked about before? And these things follow you wherever you go. Yeah, the digital, the digital footprint uh, doesn't get washed away um, very easily. And that, you know, we did talk about, we talk about that, uh, the harm that can be done uh, online is, you know, equal to that. That is part of the, the issue with, we talk about in many of our podcasts, online defamation, et cetera. The harm that can be done is so much more uh, profound, frankly, than it was in former ages of media because it's so much more accessible, it's so much more widely distributed, and as you point out, it does it is almost indelible in the sense it never goes away. Yeah, it's uh, you know, uh, this case really. Um, I have a lot of sympathy for both parties uh, involved. I have sympathy for the lawyer who was involved. I have sympathy for obviously the young lady who was subjected to this. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the message has to be to to people, be careful uh, what you're getting into uh, on the internet. Uh, certainly the relationship of sugar daddy versus sugar baby, well, that, that opens up a whole uh, uh, can of worms. Uh, you know, you're opening up a Pandora's box uh, when you get involved in those kinds of relationships. And... You better go, if you're going to do that, you better go in with eyes wide open. Yeah, unfortunately, um, that's true. It is, a, it, uh, the internet has enabled uh, to a significant degree um, the, these types of, you know, these types of human um, relationships that probably have gone on for a very long time beforehand, but just enabled it and facilitated it to such a, such a degree. And it really is, it really makes me wonder if uh, if we are really ready for 
the access to the internet as a species, if we're really ready as, as human beings, if our minds are, are really ready for the access that uh, has been uh, given by the internet. Certainly this gentleman wasn't. Um, certainly the, the results were tragic, as you mentioned, on all sides. I think that the outcome is a tragedy all around, but a cautionary tale, nonetheless, as you put it, uh, for all of us to remember that uh, the online world is now, to some extent, the real world, and we need to be very careful and cautious and try to behave ourselves like decent people, both online and offline. Well, anyway, it's a, it's a neat little case that uh, leads to a number of issues uh, that I'm always happy to discuss with you, Gavin. Um, the pleasure is all mine, and we we try to do this live and in person, not sending each other nasty <laughs> derogatory emails. So um, thank you very much uh, for listening to uh, to our ramblings uh, and uh, musings about uh, legal cases as we discuss them and try to get beneath the law and try to understand a little bit more of the facts and policies that go into many of the court decisions that we deal with. My friend, partner, Stephen Teal, thank you. Always a pleasure. And please send us your comments, feedback. We're, as I said, we're new at this and we're working at getting a little bit better. And any topics, for example, that you're interested in us, uh, interested in our views on, uh, we'd be happy to, uh, happy to receive any comments, criticisms uh, that you might have. Once again, thanks for listening. And please tune in again to another episode of Beneath the Law, because as we say, if nobody is above the law, then everyone is beneath it. Look forward to seeing you next time.